Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. We start a brand new series today um, that once again, the the great American philosopher and poet J. Cole is helping us out with. Um, And it's called Close. Close. I'm excited about it. And I want to start this series off since this is the last Sunday um, in Women's Month. I want to talk about the ladies today. Is that okay? Ladies, where y'all at? That's cute. Fellas, where y'all at? My chest instantly gets swollen when I hear that. Fellas, where y'all at? I like that. I like that. Look at Lao Lu looking like the Princess Amunda sitting up front. Man, you look good. I take that whole outfit, but I can't fit it. I ain't as lean as you. You look good, man. You look like a king sitting up there. Where all my kings at up in this place? Yeah, yeah. Ladies, where my queens at? Okay, ah, oh, man. They outnumber us today, fellas. But that's okay. Some of y'all are like, I ain't mad at that. <laughs> oh, man, it's ladies' month. Man, it's women's month. Man, can we give a shout-out to that poet that came up here? Mike, what a, wow, wow. Thank you, sis. Oh, you killed it. I love it. I love it. I'm preaching about the ladies today. Fellas, you will get something from this message, I promise you. And I'm going to talk about two women specifically today in honor of Women's Month. And I want to, I just want to shout out all the women in my life. Mom, mom, I said, mom, am I British now? Mom, mom, I love you. Mom, where are you? She back there, where's she at? Oh, she back there. So she, there she is. That's the lady that be calling you. Mama, I love you. Mama, you know I... It ain't even Mother's Day. You see that? And you're getting a song from me. I love you. Thank you for showing me what this walk of spirituality is like for real. A lot of people preached it to me with their words, but you always preached it to me with your life. And I I honestly know Jesus because of you. Thank you. Thank you. My Aunt Jan's back there. Aunt Jan, how you doing? You all right? I love you. You want to talk about the picture of commitment and consistency? She is unwavering in her face. She's probably cringing in her chair because I'm speaking directly about her right now. She would never want the, the highlight or the shout out, but I love you because you've also been a picture of consistency my entire life of a Jesus follower. I love you. I honor you today. Now, my dear wife, girl, If I'm the head, you are the neck, which means you always point me in the right direction. I love you so much, and I'm so glad that I get to do this with you. You are my best friend. You are the definition of a phenomenal woman, and I'm so thankful that it was you. Thank you for choosing me. I don't know why you did it, but thank you. Thank you. You're a blessing every day. And, I, and I, I appreciate you, and I don't ever want to do this without you. Could y'all give it up for the greatest senior pastor? I don't do this by myself. Love you, girl. 
And can we just shout out all the awesome ladies in the room right now? Y'all give it up, man. We love you, ladies. Us men, we may give you a hard time, but we love you more than you'll ever know. Amen? Fellas, can I get an amen? You better thank God she's still putting up with you. Jesus, I thank God my wife still put up with me. Luke chapter 10. If you got your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. We're going to read a story about two phenomenal women that had a close encounter with Jesus. And Luke 10, I'm reading out of the uh, NIV. If you have your Bibles, let me see them. Wave them in the air. Hold up those hardbound by. Come on, hold them up. Good, good. I like it. You got a phone? You can hold that up too. Let me see. Let me see. Can't cast out a demon with it, but it works. It's okay. If you're online, get your phones out as well because there's notes in there. Every note that I have here, you have in your phone on the Cool Church app. Make sure you download that. So if you don't want to write your notes, they're right there for you. Um, Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, read something like this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way. Now, once again, we picking up. Remember, we were in Luke chapter 9 and we're talking about Jesus going on his way to Jerusalem to the cross and he sent out 72 disciples and he said he said man I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves now Luke chapter 10 picks up it says as Jesus and his disciples were on their way to Jerusalem they came to a village that village was Bethany where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. It's an exclamation point. That's why I had to yell at you. I love verse 41, man. Look at how Jesus responds. Like, she yelled at Jesus, y'all. I ain't making it up. The, the, the exclamation point is there. Tell her to help me. Jesus says, Martha, Martha. See how he said her name twice? Like, when people mad at you, they're like, Jesus! But when they try to tell you, they'll be like, Jesus, Jesus. You know, they say your name more than once. I like that. Martha, Martha. The, he says, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. If you are taking notes in this first message in this series, Close, I want you to title it this. There's something about Mary. <laughs> There's something about Mary. Let's pray. Father God, once again, I thank you for this day, for this today that you have made. God, let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you that before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every human that would be in this place or watching online today. May I lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray that hearts, minds, and ears are open and receptive to a word that will always be about Jesus. God, I pray that by the time this is all said and done, you introduce yourself to somebody who has never met you, or you reintroduce yourself to somebody who is far from you. But either way, 
I just pray that someone gets close to you again. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone set. Everyone set. Give Jesus a shout of praise in this place today. Close. Have you ever set up um, a password online for something? I set up passwords for everything. And if you could be honest like me, how many of y'all like, you know you're not supposed to do it, but you like use the same password for everything? And <laughs> Joe is like, don't tell him. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell him he's some, some, some deeper stuff than that. I'm going to get personal today. Um, <laughs> you know how they ask you a security question so, if, so that they can make sure that it's you? And they, like, they have like a variety of security questions, don't they? Like, what was your first car? 1992 Toyota Corolla. Um, but that's not the question I picked, so it don't matter. <laughs> what high school did you go to? What's your uh, favorite color? What's your best friend going up? Y'all know the questions I'm talking about? The one that I always love and I don't answer because I know that everybody will know the answer if I ever pick this question. They ask you, what famous person would you want to have met in history? Could y'all guess what my answer is? Somebody said it. Say it again. Jesus. Who else would I want to meet? Gee, every time I see that question, I'm like, man, if there is any human that walked the face of this earth that I would ever want to meet, it would be Jesus. Could you imagine meeting Jesus face to face? Like there's a question going around on the gram. It's been going around for a while now. It's like if you had an opportunity to, uh, to get $50,000 or to sit with Jay-Z at dinner, what would you do? I don't care. I would rather sit with Jesus. Like Hove is cool, but he ain't Jesus. Like, no, knock the Hove. Like if I met him, that would be awesome. But he still ain't Jesus. Like could you imagine meeting Jesus face to face? Like we read about all these folks in the Bible, and if I, if I, if I, if I like, could be honest with you, I'm a little jealous. I know jealousy is not a good thing, but like, could you imagine meeting Jesus face to face? What would it be like to shake the hand of Jesus? What would it be like to sit down and have dinner with Jesus? What would it be like to have a conversation with Jesus? Do you know the questions I would ask Jesus? Like Jesus. Why did you make roaches? Why? What is their purpose? They will outlive us all, but why? You know what I'm talking about? Like, and like, why do you make the ones that fly? Maybe like this. I mean, I got real serious questions I would ask Jesus, but like, I would just, I should start asking, asking him a bunch of questions, because it's like, it's Jesus, man. And it's not like Jesus, he always used to tell people, man, don't tell anybody who I am. But then he did stuff that was obvious that we would know that he was Jesus. Like, if you take a kid's Lunchable, okay, and you got 5,000 people in front of you, and you spread that out and everything eating, I'm like, that's God. I want to talk to him. Homeboy walked on freaking water. 
I don't know anybody that could do that. How does water feel when you walk on it, Jesus? Like, like if, I, if, if, if Jesus was in front of me, I feel like I would, I would never have a doubt about who he was. I would love to sit down with him. I would love to have an up-close and personal encounter with Jesus. What was it like to look into his eye? How did his voice sound? Did it sound like Mufasa from The Lion King? Terrence, everything the light touches. Like, and you know, I bet, I bet like Jesus was funny. Like, I bet he told you. I feel like we got this perception of Jesus like he walked around like this all the time. Oh, oh, oh. Like, that, like that, that would be a boring Jesus. I don't think Jesus was like that. I think Jesus told jokes. I saw, I know that Jesus got frustrated. He's like, man, how long do I got to walk with you? Y'all, like, y'all bugging, man. Like, Jesus got frustrated. Jesus had joy. Jesus smiled. I'm sure Jesus laughed. I, I'm sure Jesus told the best jokes. Jesus is God in the flesh, the creator of it all. He knew everything could do whatever he wanted at will, and he chose to be among us. God wrapped himself in flesh just to get close to us. I love the fact that our God wants nothing more than to be close to us. How would it feel to be up close and personal with Jesus? This new series, Close, I want to explore the person of Jesus, but I want to explore it through the lens of the people that knew him best. Like, Jesus had a lot of people that followed him, and he had a lot of acquaintances, but he had some very close people, some close friends, some, 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 some people that were, were, were extremely close to him. And he had some close encounters with other people as well. Like, the thing about the Bible, and it's even written, it says, Man, all the things that Jesus did can't even fit in this book. So you, can you imagine all the close encounters he had with people? We get to read about them, and they're awesome. And I always think if there's a, an encounter that is in the Bible, then it must be really important to be in here. Because of all the things that Jesus did, we get to read only about a certain number of things. And I believe that if there's a close encounter that we are privy to read in God's word, there's got to be something special that God wants us to learn about people that got close to Jesus. And Mary and Martha are no exception. They are no exception. Not only did Jesus get close to them, they were such good friends that Jesus visited their home on multiple occasions. Jesus himself didn't have a home, so when he went from town to town, he'd have to stay at people's homes. But every time he passed through Bethany, he was going to Martha's house. They were close. I love what John eleven five says about Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, their brother. It says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. There was a close connection that he had with them. And today, I want to examine what lessons Martha and Mary's close encounters with Jesus are supposed to teach us. But before we understand the lessons, we got to understand who 
these ladies were. So let's talk about Martha first. Martha was a worker. Martha was a worker. And the thing about Martha that's very unfair, if you read Luke 10, 38 through 42, like we read, she often gets a very bad rap. And it's not fair, but if, it's, if, if I could be honest, of Mary and Martha, if I had to pick who I identify with more, I actually personally identify with Martha. Martha, me and Martha, I feel like we are one in the same. Why? Martha was a hard worker. If Martha was in the room, you were not going to outwork Martha. Why did Martha work so hard? Theologians believe that Martha was a widow. And the reason that they believe this is because if you look at verse 38, it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home. For a woman to have ownership of a home then, it was usually thought that it was passed down from her husband. So, because we never hear about her husband, and it specifically says that it was her home, many theologians believe that this was a home that was passed down to Martha from her husband. So, she would have been the lady of the home. She would have been the caretaker of the home, and it is believed that Mary, Mary Magdalene, and Lazarus, her brother, live with her. So you could assume that Martha is the older sister. Everybody is living in her house and Martha is taking care of everybody. On top of that, once again, not only does she own this house and she's a possible widow, but once again, she's taking care of her family members that live with her. How many of you, the person in your family where you take care of everybody else? This was Martha. This was Martha. And it's fitting that Martha would be this person. Because do you know what Martha's name means? Martha's name literally means lady or mistress. Now, not the mistress that we talk about in 2022 where we talk about side piece, his mistress. No, 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 no. Mistress in this context means a woman of a position of authority or control. So Martha was a lady. Martha was a mistress, a woman in a position of authority or control. Are there any ladies out there that are in a position of authority and control? Make some noise. Martha was a lady. She was a strong working woman. She was a homeowner. She was a hard worker. She was a caregiver. And she fully believed that Jesus was Lord and didn't have time to take any mess from anybody. Martha wasn't playing games. Martha is a powerhouse in Scripture. And it's not fair to knock Martha because Martha did so much the right way. She gets a bad rap when we read stories like this. But it's unfair because she did so much right. She took care of her family, but she still gets a bad rap for being distracted when Jesus shows up because she was willing to work hard when nobody else was. Oftentimes, you can get a bad rap, and it's only because you're doing the right thing. There are people in this room, you got a bad rap with folks around you. It's not because you're doing the wrong thing. It's because you're doing the right thing. Like, don't be surprised when the unfaithful unfollow you for being faithful. 
They didn't leave you because you did the wrong thing. They left you because you did the right thing. Don't be surprised when the lazy laugh at you for working hard. That's what they do. They got to pick on you because they, they can't outwork you. Why are you working so hard? None of us here do that. Well, you're going to be stuck in the same place while I'm moving on up. Don't be surprised when the ignorant instigate things with you because you've been patient. They won't get on you when you turn up, when you show your behind. They're going to get on you because you're not feeding into their nonsense. Don't be surprised when the rebellious rag on you for being obedient. Oh, so you a do-gooder? You listen to everything that they tell you? Yeah, because I don't want to go down the path that you're going down. Don't be surprised when the culture cancels you for being Christ-like. Because they will. Because the more you talk about Jesus, that's all you talk about? You can't have a conversation without including Jesus in it? That's, all, that's what you do at, at all times. I remember when you used to talk about the stuff that we used to talk about, but ever since you got saved, you've been acting different. Thank you. Thank you. Don't be surprised when cancel culture comes after you because you're saying the truth of God's word. When you stop preaching the gospel that's comfortable for everybody, you'll be surprised by how many people continue to follow you. Don't be surprised when the godless get on you for being holy. We talked about holiness last week. When you have set yourself apart, don't be surprised when people make space and they set themselves apart from you. I love what 1 Peter 4, 12 through 14 says. And this is encouragement for all of us that have been pushed to the side or have been ignored or unfollowed or canceled because we do the right thing. Peter wants to encourage us in 1 Peter 4, 12 through 14. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice. What does he say to do? But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when the glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rest on you. Martha wouldn't care if you got on her for working hard because she was working hard for Jesus and she's the type to get the job done because the job had to be done. Don't let people get on you for doing the right thing. If they get on you, let them keep going because you know at the end of the day, you don't serve for the audience of many. You serve for the audience of one, and his name is Jesus. So I don't care if you knock me for loving him. I don't care if you cast me aside for being more like him. I don't care if you don't want to be my friend because he is my friend. I'm going to do what I'm called to do because he has called me to it. And if he's called me to it, he will see me through it. If you believe it, say amen. Like, I feel like if, Mar if Martha knew about the five love languages that we often read so much about today, Martha would have showed love through acts of service. Jesus here, oh, snap, let me start doing stuff. This was, this, this was Martha. And like I said, I resonate with Martha, man. I feel so much like Martha because, like, I like I get fulfillment out of working hard. Specifically, I get fulfillment out of working hard for my wife. 
I do. I like to do things for her that make her proud. I like to, I like, I like to do, I like to do things that are sometimes complicated that she wouldn't necessarily think to do for herself because I find fulfillment and enjoyment knowing that I'm doing it for her. Acts of service is my love language, but oftentimes I get so caught up in doing stuff for her that I neglect just being with her. If I could be honest, like I'll go above and beyond to impress her with the things that I do. And I would say stuff like, girl, y'all see all this work that I did for you, girl? And you know what she do? She look back at me and she say, thank you, but can we go on a date? Is she unappreciative? No. She appreciates everything I do, but I'm trying to love her and show her love in the way that I want to be loved. When she's clearly telling me exactly what she wants, what is, what is, what does she say? I just want to go on a date. And can I tell you, man, I love, listen, fellas, if you don't do it, you better go on some date nights. Date nights will change your mind. I love our date night. They're so fun. Like we do all kinds of stuff. We be going shopping. Sometimes just, just go spend some money on your girl, man. Oh, my God. The lady's like, yes, spend some on me. You may hate shopping. Like, I hate shopping. Like, I, when I go to the store, I know what I want. I get it. I leave. I go home. I'm good. I don't want to sit in the shoe store for 10 hours. But, man, the love she feels when I can sit there with a smile on my face, even if it's tomorrow. Like... She's like, oh, you love me. You ain't complaining one time today. I love, like I love, I love we go bowling like the other day, and it's fun because because ladies don't just put the onus on the fellas. Like, what's your idea? Yeah, fellas, you need to have some ideas. Like, don't let them come up with all the ideas. But ladies, take your man out on a date too. She, you know, she took me, she took me to pottery class the other day. Had me sitting there like Ghost and Pat, Patrick Swayze and Ghost. I said, I said, okay, we out here making pots. Okay, girl, I said, let me make this pot. It was fun, man. I think I was going to have fun, but we had a blast because she's trying to teach me a valuable lesson. It's not that she doesn't appreciate what I do, but it wasn't necessary. The lesson I learned is that she doesn't want my work. She wants my time. She doesn't want my work. She wants my time. But look at Martha. Because she's like me, Luke 10, 40, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister, I don't know why I have like my voice changed as I started to read that like that. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Don't be so distracted by what you do for Jesus that you don't spend time with him. Because if you're too busy for Jesus, you're too busy. Like if you're too busy for Jesus, the one that gave you everything, 
Like you're entirely too busy. And, and the reality is Jesus is there. Martha's doing all this stuff. It was nice, but like she was neglecting the one thing that she should have been doing. Martha was doing too much. Like some of us are way too guilty of doing too much. Like if you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. You're too reason to, uh, busy to read your Bible, you're too busy. You're too busy to attend church physically or virtually, you're too busy. Yeah. Like, if you can't do one of those, like, you're too busy to serve the church, you're too, bu- you're too busy to serve the community, you're too busy, you're too busy to be a part of com- a, a kingdom community, you're too busy. If you are too busy, you are being distracted by things that don't matter. Yeah. You cannot become distracted. Like, there's people that are distracted from church because they tell themselves, I'm going to go to church when I get some things worked out. Listen, you you doing things that Jesus didn't even ask for. This was Martha's issue. She was doing all this stuff. Now, now, now mind you, she got Jesus in a house full of 12 dudes, and you know disciples was greedy. They were were so greedy, they was eating before they even washed their hands. They was nasty. So Martha, oh, I got to make food for all these people. Oh, my God, I got, I got the sweet potato pie right here. Okay, all right, I got the collard greens right here. Oh, did somebody clean my, Oh, did you light the candles, Mary? Oh, you need to do something. Oh, did somebody get the music going? You know the kind of worship music Jesus like. You know he loved Bethel. Please, oh, my goodness. I'm just telling. Oh, like, she was doing all this stuff. Jesus ain't asked for none of it. She ain't asked for, and this is what people do. Oh, I can't come to church till I get myself right. Oh, I can't come to church till I clean up my language. Oh, I can't come to church till I leave this job. Oh, I can't come to church till I get out of this relationship. Oh, I can't come to church till I do this. You trying to do all this stuff to clean up the mess of your life to prepare to come to Jesus' house. And Jesus is saying, I ain't asking you for none of that. I just want you. You doing all this unnecessary stuff. You got too, you doing too much, man. You doing too much. If Jesus wanted you to be perfect before you came to see him, what would you need him for? Jesus don't say clean up your house and come. He says come with your mess. Come with your burdens. Let me carry some of that for you. We want to do too much and then make excuses about why they're not spending time with him because they're more concerned with what they're doing than being concerned with what he wants to do in you. This is the God that we serve. I realize there are a lot of things that we are doing that make us busy that Jesus never required of us. And if you have to hear one thing I say today, don't be busy, be effective. Don't be busy. A lot of people run around with their head cut off and they ain't doing nothing. They run around talking, oh, look at me, oh. They, y'all know them people at work, right? They run around, they make sure the boss see them do it. Look at me, oh. Then they go back to their desk and sleep for half an hour. They saying a lot and they making sure that they seen, but they've done nothing. They're busy, but they're not effective. I might not look like I'm doing as much as you, but I'm moving mountains behind the scenes that nobody knows about. Because I'm not busy. I'm effective. Man, I love this. I love this so much because Jesus didn't want the best of what she had. He wanted the best of her. 
He wanted the best of her. And Martha got so worked up by all the work she was doing. And look at what Jesus does. He lovingly corrects her. He says in Luke 10, 41 through 42, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Why? Look at what Jesus does in this moment, because I think it's so beautiful. Jesus, he's in the house of, uh, of Martha. He brought all his disciples with him. So Martha already had a house full of people between Lazarus and Mary, and then you got 12 other dudes that walk in with Jesus. Martha's running around trying to prepare the place for them, and Jesus sits down, and he starts to teach, because that's what Jesus does. He's a teacher. He's a rabbi, so he begins to teach. It was, it's literally like the equivalent of a, of a connect group. Jesus is having a connect group in Martha's house. Mary, she goes by the feet of Jesus. She told just listen, oh, oh, Jesus. I love what you be saying, Jesus. She's listening to Jesus. Martha running around. Running around trying to make sure that everything was good for the connect group. And you notice that Jesus does not stop Martha when she's running around like a chicken with her head cut off. He doesn't stop her. He lets her do the work because she's doing it for Jesus. But look what happens. Look what happens. He has to rebuke her. Though he does it in love, he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. So Martha, because she's running around with a chicken like her, with her head cut off, and Mary's just sitting there listening to Jesus, Martha stops Jesus in the middle of teaching, says, Jesus, what about Mary? She ain't going to help with stuff? What's up with her? Martha stops Jesus in the middle of teaching, and it's very interesting that before that, Jesus does not stop her from running around like crazy. It is not until Martha complains about Mary that Jesus stops her from doing what she's doing. You notice that? It's not until Martha complains about Mary that Jesus stops her. What was happening? Martha wasn't wrong until her focus shifted from Jesus to Mary. Martha was, listen, if Jesus comes in, you better get to work. That's what we need to do. That's why we're here. That's why we come on a Sunday. We're working because, man, we want to make sure that people come to the kingdom, and that's why the work doesn't end on Sunday. That's why we're out in the community doing all kinds of stuff. It's good to do the work of the Lord, and it's good to do the work for the Lord. But Jesus will not stop us from doing work for him until we complain about somebody else. Jesus doesn't stop her until she complains. Why? Because the focus shifts from Jesus to Mary. It shifts from God to man. Martha went, could you believe, Martha went to, like Martha gets a bad rap, Martha was the hard worker, all that stuff. She did everything right until she complained about Mary. Martha went to Jesus about Mary when she should have went to Jesus about herself. 
I'm gonna drink this water because I don't think some people get it. Jesus in the house teaching, you got an opportunity to be with him. You're going to take, take the one moment that you can get close enough to him to complain about somebody else. When you should have been talking about yourself. If I meet the president of the United States or the king of Zamunda, I'm not going to take a moment to talk about somebody else. I'm going to take the moment to talk about myself to them because they're not asking about the other person. They, if I get an opportunity with them, they want to know about me. But as much as we want to knock Martha, there's a lot of Marthas in this room right now. You, you take your moments with Jesus to complain about somebody else. How crazy, you got a chance to be close to Jesus and you got the nerve to open up your mouth about somebody else? Stop taking petty problems to Jesus. He ain't got time for that. That's not what he's here for. Stop, stop praying prayers like, oh, Jesus, help them get their life together. No, ask him to help you get your life together. Waste your time taking nonsense to Jesus that ain't got nothing to do with you. Jesus, make them apologize to me. No, ask him to help you forgive them for they know not what they do. And even if they do, it doesn't matter. Because if Jesus forgave you for all the nonsense you do, you can forgive somebody else. Y'all don't want me to preach today. Jesus, make them stop tempting me. No! Ask him to remove you from them. And if he won't do that, ask him to give you some doggone self-control. Stop taking nonsense to Jesus. You got real issues you dealing with and you complaining about somebody else. Jesus ain't got no time for it. Stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Like, if you're doing it for Jesus, do it for Jesus. Her heart started out right. Oh, Jesus here. Oh, we got a man. You, you doggone right if Jesus. If, if, if normal humans show up to my house, I'm going to make sure I do everything so that they feel welcome when they come. But Jesus? I'm pulling out all the stops. She had the right idea. She had the right heart. But then she took time to complain about it. It's funny how that when we want to serve Jesus, so many of us start off with the right heart. But if you sit in it long enough, you start, you start complaining about others while you're trying to serve. You say, yeah, how you talk about that pastor? I've been a pastor for 16 years. And I've seen people serve for the last 16 years. And I love when people first get started serving. I love it because they saw, ooh, ooh, pastor. Ugh, ah. Like, what? Like, calm, calm down. It's okay. Be normal. It's okay. Just calm down. I want to serve. Just give me all the serve. It's like, what's wrong with you? That's why people run from church. You're crazy. Like, I want to serve. I want to serve. And you see them and they serve on 15 different teams. And then, after a while, 
They serve it. It's like, man, I can't believe. Man, I want to serve. Man, I, I love it. Oh, I get to serve. And you see them Sunday after Sunday, and they're so excited. Oh, serve. Woo, service. It's people that started with us three years ago, and some of the people still here, and they still got that attitude, but there have been some. I love serving Jesus. Oh, Jesus, awesome. Woo, serving's good. I love showing up. I'm on this team and this team and this team and this team and this team. And they serving all over the doggone place, and it's cool. But after a while, it turned from, man, I love this. I get to serve. Woo, I get to serve Jesus. And then it's like, I don't know, man. I, I, maybe I won't cut this way. I'm a little tired because I've been serving on so many times. You know what? I'm sitting here serving, but I'm so sick of her because she don't even show up on time to serve. <laughs> You laughing because it's true. I'm so, I'm, I'm, why I feel like I'm the only one serving? Where everybody else at? I was here at seven. They came at 9.55 right before church started. I set up and then they just came in and took all the credit. You laughing because it's true. If you're doing it for Jesus, do it for Jesus. Shut up and do it for Jesus. What you complaining about? Your service stops being service when you open up your mouth to complain. Who are you doing it for? You doing it for them? I tell you what, if it was one of y'all sitting here, I'd still be shouting just as crazy. Because I've done it before. I was preaching when none of y'all knew me. I was scrubbing toilets in the church when none of y'all knew. I, I, was, I was cleaning rat poop out of, out, of, out of warehouses at a church before y'all knew me. I ain't new to this. I'm true to this. Because I'm going to do this whether you're here or not. And I don't do it for y'all. Yeah, I want to see people get saved. But man, the applause of man means nothing to me. It really doesn't. Because I'm going to do this whether you're here or not, I don't have time to complain about you when my job is to get you closer to Jesus. Stop taking your petty complaints about other people to Jesus. If you're going to serve him, serve him. Stop serving him looking at what somebody else is doing. She ain't show up for two weeks. I'm sick of her. She, we need to demote her on the team. She ain't even need to demote her. Never allow your service to make you lose sight of your focus. I keep my eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of my faith. Martha was too busy working while Mary was worshiping. Because Mary was a worshiper. As the band comes back up. Mary was a worshiper. God, there's something about Mary, man. There's just something about Mary. And I asked myself when I was reading this story, like, what is it about Mary that allows her to sit at Jesus' feet while Martha has to do all the work? What is it about Mary that allows her to do that? Like, Mary's interesting because she's a bit of a wild card. She's a bit of a wild child if you read Scripture. The worker, the lady, the mistress, Martha, often wants to make a mistake of marking Mary 
as lazy. But that's not who Mary was at all. Mary wasn't lazy, y'all. It may look like that from the outside optics. If you're looking at the story and you see Martha going around doing everything and then you just see, see Mary just enamored with Jesus, it could look as if Mary was doing what she was doing to avoid the work. But that would be the mistake of Martha for pinning Mary as lazy because that's not who she was at all. If Martha's name means lady and mistress, do you know the Hebrew meaning of Mary's name? It was rebellion. Mary means rebellion. Now, some of y'all instantly hear that and you think, Pastor, how is that a good thing? Mary's name means rebellion? Hmm. As soon as I said that, the Martha's in the room like, see, she rebelling. Hmm. Why your mouth turn into that when you, hmm, when you just, hmm. I knew it about Mary. She rebellious. She ain't want to help me do this work. I knew it. She was rebelling. She's rebellious. Martha was the one in control while Mary was in rebellion. Why is that important? Look into the verse because it will tell us everything we need to know. Luke 10, 39. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Mary wasn't lazy. She was in rebellion. Why was Mary in rebellion? Instead of working to accommodate Jesus and his disciples like Martha, what was expected of her, Mary chooses to sit at the feet of Jesus. Not only is that rebellious, that's scandalous. Say, why? Jesus was a rabbi. In Judaism, Judaism, he would have been considered a teacher of the scripture. That's what rabbis do. And it was highly unusual, extremely uncommon. It was unheard of for a woman in first century Judaism to be accepted by a teacher as a disciple. It was unheard of. It was crazy. And what does Mary do? Out of rebellion, instead of working, she sits at the feet of Jesus. This was a place in first century Judaism that was not the place of a woman. This was the place of a disciple. At my feet. This was the place of a learner. This was the place of a scholar. Even Paul talks about the fact that he sat at the feet of Gamaliel, who would have been a Pharisee in very high standing. And Paul, a Roman citizen, learned everything he learned about Judaism from his teacher, Gamaliel, because Paul was a scholar. Paul had knowledge that he gained at the feet of his teacher. Why would a student, why would a learner, why would a scholar have to sit at the feet? Because the disciple always takes the place of humility among the teacher. Jesus sits, but while Jesus is seated, Mary reclines at his feet. 
And I love this because it's like, forget y'all disciples. I know this is y'all place, but you must, not, you, mu you must not know me. You must not have heard my name. My name is Rebellion. So I know that y'all supposed to sit here, but I'm going to take y'all place. I'm going to sit in the position I ain't got no business sitting in right now. Because I just want to learn. I just want to be at the feet of my rabbi. I want to be at the feet of my teacher. I want to be in the place of humility. And the woman rebelled against the position of worker to attain the ancient posture of disciple and learner. This is a beautiful thing because Mary takes the place of a scholar at a time in history where women weren't even allowed to continue their education past a certain age. This wasn't just rebellious. This was scandalous. What was even more scandalous is not even that she did it, it's that Jesus allowed it. Why do you think they was always mad at, teacher, at Jesus? Because he was always doing stuff that the other Pharisees weren't doing. He was doing stuff that the other teachers weren't doing. Mary takes her place at a time where she wasn't even allowed to be in that place. He allows her at his feet and he literally is shattering the status quos of the day. We need to get past all this nonsense that women shouldn't be preaching and teaching in church. Women are called scholars by Jesus himself because he allows them to take that place. He was building up a disciple in Mary. If it was okay for Jesus, why isn't it okay for so many of us in 2022 still? After Jesus already shattered that notion. One of the most annoying things on the planet is when my wife comes up here and preaches the gospel and then I got to go back and forth with the Twitter clowns because they think they know something about the gospel when they have no idea the deep theology that Jesus was trying to sit in us as he shattered the glass ceiling for women throughout history by allowing Mary to sit at his feet. We shouldn't need a month to celebrate women because we should celebrate them every day. That's what Jesus was doing. And I love this because Mary takes the place that she shouldn't have because she's a rebel, sits at Jesus' feet, shattering the status quo, and Jesus being a rabbi should have checked her, but he does not. Instead, he checks Martha. He's like, Martha, do you not see what I'm trying to do for you and her? You can't see it? You're missing it. You're so busy. You're so distracted. You're tearing down somebody that I'm using to lift all of y'all up. Wow. You're missing it. And he checks her. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. Or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not, it will not be taken away from her. Why is the one working rebuked and the one that rebelled respected? 
why is the one working rebuked and the one that rebelled respected? Because she wasn't rebelling. She was worshiping. She wasn't rebelling. She was worshiping. And that's where the worker like Martha always falls short because they don't understand how much work worship really is. Ah, oh, man, I wish you could see it. For the word avodah, avodah in the Hebrew, it's one word that means three things that sound like they have nothing in common. But avodah literally means work, service, worship. One word, three meanings. Work, service, worship. What I'm trying to tell you is that the same word in the Hebrew language for work is the same word that is used for worship. Martha thought she wasn't working because she was worshiping, but actually if she had put it in context, she would realize that Mary was doing the hard work of worship. It's the same thing. When you're working for Jesus, you should be worshiping. Because if you're worshiping, you don't have time to complain. Martha was working, but she was not worshiping. Mary was working and worshiping because she was doing the work of worship. Jesus wouldn't have had to check Martha if her work was her worship. But we know it wasn't because while she was working, she was complaining about Mary, but there's something about Mary. Because the truth is, your work is not your worship if it's complicated by complaining. I wish somebody was with me today. I love Mary, the rebel, because Mary chose to do the work that Jesus knew was necessary in that moment. And it wasn't scrubbing plates. It wasn't cooking food. It wasn't putting the music on. It wasn't lighting a candle. It wasn't walking around with a serving tray. The work she had to do in that moment was worship because by worshiping, she was taking in and receiving everything that the master teacher was trying to pour onto his student in the moment. She was doing the work of worship. She was doing the work that was the necessary work of a disciple. As a disciple, your only job is to worship Jesus, learn from Jesus, take his teachings and apply them so that you can tell others about Jesus how can you tell others about Jesus if you are not first close to him Mary was close because there's real work that Jesus was setting her up for that no one else in history listen to what I'm telling you this woman did work in history that no man could ever take credit for not even the disciples of Jesus 
Because when she was sitting at his feet worshiping, she was learning. She was understanding Jesus in close proximity. She had seen Jesus from angles nobody else had seen him before. She had heard things that resonated in her spirit that allowed her to do the work of worship that no other human in existence was ever called to do. And Jesus knew exactly what he was doing in that moment by allowing her to do it. You say, Pastor, prove it scripturally because it just sounds like you just saying a bunch of stuff because it's women's month well I'm gonna tell you what I'm about to tell you because the Bible tells me so because I want you to hear this interaction that Mary Magdalene has with Jesus after sitting at his feet after he had nail pierced hands after he had a crown of thorns after he was stretched out on a cross after he was in a grave and everybody gave up on believing that he was going to come back when they saw their hopes die mary sees something that no other person in history can ever claim that she saw because here is the reality if you look at john chapter 20 starting at verse 13 they asked her women why are you crying she said they have taken my lord away and i don't know where they put him at this she turned around and she saw jesus but i love this he was standing there but she did not realize that it was jesus woman i love this he said he did not call her by her name yet woman he said why are you crying who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener. Mm, mm, mm. He was that too, but that's another message. She said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Look what happens. Look how fast Mary's life changes. Jesus, verse 16 of John 20 says, Jesus says to her, Mary. Mary I want you to know the teacher calls his disciples by name Mary Mary she turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic Rabboni which means teacher Mary Rabbi she would only call him Rabbi if she was a student When was Mary a student? When she sat at the feet of Jesus. She learned everything that she had to learn. And I love what Jesus said. Jesus said, Mary. She turned towards him in Aramaic and said, Rabbi, which means teacher. And Jesus says, do not hold on to me. Don't just take all the stuff that you learned from me, for I have not yet returned to my Father. Go! What does Jesus tell disciples to do? Go! Go instead to my brothers. Isn't it crazy how 11 men did not stumble upon Jesus first? He gave that honor. To his student Mary go instead to my brothers 
and tell them I'm returning to my father and your father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to tell the disciples with news, I have seen the Lord. Mary, by many theologians, is declared the first Christian because she is the first person to see Jesus after the resurrection. But I'll take it even further. She's not even just the first Christian. She was the first evangelist because she had the honor of going to tell the men about Jesus. If you believe it, say amen. There's something about Mary. There's something about Mary. Mary wasn't lazy. It's not that she wasn't a worker. She was just doing the work of worship that Jesus destined her to do because he knew she's going to be the first one to see me when I return. Oh, Jesus. Martha did the work of physically feeding but the thing about Mary is she did the work of worship at the feet of Jesus ask yourself are you more focused on work or worship work or worship the object of your affection will become the subject of your obsession the object of your affection, Jesus, will become the subject of your obsession. You see, the book doesn't tell us all the people that Mary told about Jesus, but we know that she started it. And man, I can only imagine how many people found out about Jesus through the life of Mary because she put her worship before her work. Better yet, her worship was her work. The truth is, you are the object of affection for Jesus. And because of that, you are the subject of his obsession. You don't believe that? Maybe you walked in this place for the first time. Maybe you never heard the gospel before. But if you don't believe that Jesus is obsessed with you, then ask yourself, why would he die for you for things he never did? Why would he pay for your sins? Because he never sinned. And as a matter of fact, it's not even the fact that he went to the cross. It's the fact that he stayed there. <laughs> Love put him on a cross that you kept him on. Say, so what do you mean? When Jesus was up there, all he was thinking about was you. All he was thinking about was me. Because he's madly in love with you. That's reckless love. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you've done things that you feel like are unforgivable. It doesn't feel like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you feel like you're so far from God. Our sins put Jesus on a cross, but because he's madly in love with you, because he's obsessed with you, his love allowed him to stay there. But I'm so glad that that's not the end of the story. 
He goes into a tomb, but three days later, he raises again. And the first witness, Mary, sees him. And I'm so thankful that Jesus finished the work of the cross by resurrecting again just to show somebody today how much he truly loves you. Knowing that he loves you that much, will you give your worship to him? Because only he is worthy of your worship. Only he is worthy of your work. Only he is worthy of your praise. want to truly experience the love of Jesus, you must first take your proper position of humility at his feet because only by doing the work of worshiping him can you truly inherit eternal life. A lot of y'all have worked for a lot of things. You've been really busy and it hasn't been effective. But can I tell you, the work of worship is the most effective work you can do? You want to be brand new? Find yourself at the feet of Jesus. Because he will do things that you no one can do. I find it funny that Mary's the first person to see Jesus after he resurrected. She was also the person that had a bunch of demons cast out of her too. Doesn't matter how far off you think you are. Jesus can use you too because he loves you. There's not enough bad in you that his good can't overcome. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And with every head bowed and with every eye closed, I don't know who I'm talking to, but there's been a lot of busy people. But everything you've done has not gotten you any closer to Jesus. The only way to get close to Jesus, the only way to make your work effective is to worship him by saying, all I have and all I am, Jesus, belongs to you. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, maybe you've never done it or maybe you've done it before and you have been running. You found yourself busy and your faith has not been effective. Today is the day to come to the feet of Jesus because he will make all things new. He will turn everything around in your life and point it towards him. All you have to do is stop working. Stop being too busy to spend some time with you want Jesus Christ in your life I'm not asking you if you need healing because you can get healed and still not have Jesus I'm not asking you if you need uh, abundance in your finances you can have money and still need Jesus I'm not asking you if you need your relationships mended every relationship in your life can be mended and you could still be lacking the one relationship that matters the most and that's a relationship with Jesus so on the count of three if you want Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior you don't care about all the busybodies that may be around you that say why she worshiping why he worshiping you say man forget y'all I gotta get to the feet of Jesus on the count of three you want Jesus to make all things new in you when nobody looking around in this room and online I want you to raise your hand 
Don't wait for somebody else. One, two, three, hold it up. High enough and long enough for me to see it. Hold it up. I see you and 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 you. If your hands up, stand up. Don't be scared now. Don't be scared now. If your hands up, stand up. Yep, thank you. Come on. Yep, thank you. Come on. I said more use than that because I wanted you to know that you were not alone. Hallelujah. You already did the hard part. If you're standing, come down to the altar and let's pray. Come on. Come on. You're so brave. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Everybody standing in this place. Come on. always do this every week man one I'm so proud of y'all that came down here and I'm be honest there's some people out here I already know they know Jesus but I love it because they say I want more I just want to be in this let me tell you something if I can be honest I should be I should be turned around standing down here too because I always want more of Jesus I want to live at his feet if you're out there and you Maybe you was like, man, I want to be as brave as them, but I'm scared, man, this family, so you really don't have to do anything alone. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, if you really want to be down there and you're scared, I'll go with you. If they say, yeah, just grab them by the hand and walk them down. I just want to give a little time. I just want to make sure. Just look at them. It's okay. Say, hey, you scared? I'll go with you. I just want to make sure. Yeah? Come on. Yeah. Look at that young king right there. My man, 100 grand. I love that. I love when strong men grab our young men by the hand and say, you scared? They're like, yeah. And they got a strong man of God with them. Man, I love that. It's powerful. I see you, man of God. Reach your hands towards these beautiful folks. Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart he was raised from the dead, you're saved. And maybe you're not coming down here. You ain't coming down here for salvation because you know him. I'm going to also pray that God just fills you up more than you've ever been filled up before because you just want to be at his feet. I want everybody hearing online, when I tell you to repeat after me, when I tell you, I'm going to pray first and then I'm going to say repeat after me, everybody repeat. Because when you say it, if you mean it in your heart, that's what makes the change. Father God, I thank you for every person that came down, God. Some who already know you and some don't. For the ones that do, God, I pray they always find themselves in a place of humility at your feet because that's the place where we learn. That's the place where we grow. That's the place where you speak power and purpose 
into us right now. And I pray that for every believer in this room, that they will continue to be disciples, that we would sit at the feet of our teacher and you would show us things that we have never seen before. And now, God, I pray for those that are far from you and those that are coming home. God, I pray that you make a heart transformation and that this change will be made complete in you. And I want everybody to repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, dear Jesus I've, sinned. I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, proud of it. But, I it. but I admit it. Today, Today I, lay my sin down. I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. It, I, pray. I, don't I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven, reach to, heaven. to receive your forgiveness. To take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And amen. Man! You made that decision. I told you I got hands. I'm from Carroll City. Catch it every time. Every time. If you made that decision, there's a gift that I want to give you. There's a Bible in here. There's a WWJD bracelet and a letter from me and Joe and some other cool things. If you made that decision for the first time, well, you just coming home. I want to make sure you get this. And I want you to know that there's people that will pray for you if you need prayer for anything. And if you got questions, because I hate when people make a decision like this and they got questions and no one can answer them. We don't have all the answers, but with God's help, we'll give you the ones we got and we'll look in the words for the ones we don't. Amen? I'm going to send you outside in a second to the courtyard. Family, if, they're, if you see them go to the courtyard, they're not getting raptured, okay? They're just going to the courtyard. You will see them again in a moment. You see that sign that says, welcome to the family? That's what you all are. Look at that sign. Now look behind you. You're surrounded by family. One time or another, we all did what you're doing right now, and this is the greatest decision you can ever make in your entire life. So on the count of three, here's what's going to happen. They're going to cheer for you louder than anybody's ever cheered in life. You say, why? Because the Bible says when one comes back to the Father, that there's a celebration in heaven. I can't open up the ceiling and show you, but I can help you hear what it sounds like because your family's about to cheer louder for you than anybody ever has. So you ready? They gonna cheer? You gonna walk that way. You ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Let them know God loves them. Let them know they're special. Let them know they're brothers and sisters in Christ. Let them know they're disciples of the Most High God. Let them know God is for them. Come on. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.